0: I had a few moments recently at work where there was nothing pressing and I sat down to let the strain leave my brain and I got out my phone and I and I opened up to Facebook. And when I opened up to Facebook, I was scrolling down and before I knew it there were pictures of Alan and Karen and Faith and Grace. Going down this long line of steps into Mammoth Cave. And there were other pictures there about the cave. You know, caves have been interesting. Uh, We've learned a lot about the history of mankind from caves because that's where they used to live. We find them lots of different places that you don't expect. It must really be scary to crawl down in them and explore not knowing who's been there and who hasn't and what might still be there and what's not. But it reminded me of of an article I've read recently about a group of very very, 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 I don't know how many varies to use, rich people, who are preparing themselves an underground world to live in when the world on top of the ground comes to ruin, which they think is going to happen shortly. And this is not a cave, although it's underground. We think of caves as stalactites and stalagmites. We think of caves as home for bats. And what were those crickets? Cave crickets. We think of caves as being extremely dark when the lights are out. This has none of that. They've installed an air purification system, a water purification system. They pump their sewage back to the top of the ground. And it's being built and yet nobody lives there today. But it's being prepared for that time which is coming in which everything on top of the earth is going to be destroyed. And there, they mentioned a few scenarios that could cause that. And one was a meteor hitting the earth. But the most likely one was a uh, thermonuclear war between the United States, China, and Russia, in which most of the world's population would be destroyed, if not all and much of the land will be left uninhabitable. Which caused me to think. Let's open our Bibles to Second Peter, the third chapter. Begin reading in verse 1. This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. So Peter says, I'm writing to you this second letter. And I want to remind you I want to stir up your mind so that you remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets Where would we find that? Of course, in the Old Testament, right? And the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. So what's Peter trying to remind them of? He's trying to remind them, okay, you've been warned by the prophets, you've got the commandments of the apostles, I want you to remember that. tells them why know this first of all that in the last day mockers will come with their mockings following after their own lusts and saying where is the promise of his coming for ever since the fathers fell asleep all continued uh, uh, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation and you know that's pretty much true We read in the Old Testament, there's nothing new. And there's really nothing new. Yeah, we don't ride in a chariot pulled by a horse anymore. But we still move on the face of the earth in modes of transportation. Transportation. Yeah, we don't have the town crier running down the street. The British are coming. The British are coming. What do we have now? We have, well, in my day we had radio, and then we had black and white TV, and then we had color TV, and now we have HD TV and ultra HD TV. We have Wi-Fi. We have, but we still have communication. Nothing has changed. And yet everything has changed. There's something else that has not changed. People still say, what are you waiting for? He ain't coming. God is dead. He's not out there. If he was coming, he would have already come. He didn't create this. The Big Bang did. Now, Peter sort of touches on why they do this. You want to know why they do this? Because if he is there and if he is coming, then they're not in control. If he is not there and he is not coming, then they can say they're in control. for when they maintain this it escapes their notice but that by the word of god the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the earth world at that time was destroyed being flooded with water you see if we are willing to admit that jesus is coming again if we're willing to admit that god is not dead if we're willing to admit that we have to obey the words of the prophets and and the apostles, it requires us to change our lives. But so long as we can say, he's not coming again, God is dead, nothing has changed since the world began, We don't have to change our lives. But we know he's in charge. Throughout all of history, he's been in charge. When the world got extremely, extremely wicked, he had Noah build an ark. And the ark that he built... Saved humanity. We're all descendants of Noah. I want to ask you today what's the state of the world today? What are the thoughts of men's heart? Are they different than they were in the time of Noah? Are they different than, than what we saw in Sodom and Gomorrah? In this country, we know about Las Vegas. Is Las Vegas as wicked as Sodom or Gomorrah? I don't know. I wasn't back there. I know they were pretty bad. They were really bad. And yet... He ain't coming. God is dead. This came was not created by God. It came about as a result of a big bang and evolution. But the present heavens and earth by his word. My word shall not pass away. By his word are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. And it doesn't matter if we've built a massive cave underground with modern city inside it. It doesn't matter. When the earth is destroyed, the cave will not survive. But do not let one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some, men, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Several times in the last century, one religious group has had a number of their people meet at a certain mountain in the desert because the Lord was going to come that night. Now, that creates two problems. Number one, it creates the problem of, uh, of um, they have a misunderstanding of what's really going to happen. Because what did Jesus say? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody can figure it out. And so when you you congregate a group of people in the desert, on a mountain in the desert, and you're waiting for God to come from above and he doesn't come, Think of what happens to all the unbelievers who don't even believe that he exists anymore. What do you get? See, I told you. They knew when he was coming. He didn't come. He ain't coming. He's dead. And so it it just multiplies the unbelief. But it really is just a, a total misunderstanding of what's really going on. They don't know when he's coming. And Peter says in verse 16, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, What sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming day of God, on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat, but according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And so what do we know? We know that the waterproof membrane they put on the roof of our house because it's been leaking is not going to last forever. It's going to burn Should we put a waterproof membrane on our house since it's not going to last forever? Certainly we should. I get tired of being decorated with buckets and cookers because the water's dripping, you know? But we shouldn't expect it to last forever. But since we know that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and since we know that he told Noah he was not ever going to destroy the earth by water again, and Peter writes to us and says it's going to be destroyed by fire, we know it's going to be destroyed. But we also know that he's creating a new heaven and a new earth. Why is this one being destroyed? Why did he destroy it in the day of Noah? Because the thoughts and intents of man's heart were evil continually. What's going on today in the world? The thoughts and intents of man's heart are evil continually. So we know he is going to destroy the evil that is in this earth. And he's going to place, replace it with an earth, with a world, with a place wherein dwells nothing but righteousness. That place is probably pretty safe, don't you think? We won't need to build a caravan under the earth with a huge city down there to protect us. Because what God is building for us will be the greatest thing we've ever seen. Now, Peter says, knowing all this, or therefore, brethren, beloved... Since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. What did we talk about in our class this morning? Blameless. Christ was qualified to be our advocate because he was blameless. He was qualified to be our propitiation because he was blameless. And regard the patience of our Lord to be salvation just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, wrote to you. As also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which some things are hard to understand, which the untaught and the unstable distort as they do the rest of the scriptures to their own distru- destruction. He started this by saying, remember the prophets, remember the commandments of the apostles. He's saying, remember the things Paul wrote to you. That the unlearned distort to their own destruction and then he wraps it up in a very positive manner. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard lest being carried away by the error of unprincipled men, you fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day day of eternity. Amen. Since you know this, be on guard. You remember how Satan tempted Eve? Oh, no, you're not going to die. You'll be the smartest woman in the world. You'll know good from evil. You know what? He was right. Because when she ate of the fruit that God had said don't eat from, she knew evil. She knew sin. And before that, she had no connection to sin. She had no basis of knowledge for sin. But once she had eaten from the tree that was forbidden, she knew sin. Satan is cunning, he's sly. You won't die. You'll know. You'll be real smart. And so today in the world, listen to this. Today in the world, those who are considered intelligent are those who say God doesn't exist. Those who say God is dead, who say God is not coming back. They are presented to us every day on TV as experts, highly intelligent. Listen to these people. And what does Peter say? Don't listen to these people. Be on guard against them. Because all they're trying to do is to carry you away. Away from what? Away from that city that is being Prepared for us where righteousness dwells. It's a contrast. I believe there is a God. I believe God created heavens and the earth. I believe he destroyed it once with water. I believe he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for their sins. I believe he is going to destroy this earth for its sins. But I believe he's preparing a place for us so that we can come and live with him eternally where righteousness dwells. Let's not let anybody confuse us. Let's not let the events of the world confuse us. You know, I, I had a lady about 10 years ago came to me and she was talking about how evil it is that abortion is in, in the world and, and she just doesn't know what's going to happen and she's going And I said, let me explain to you. They're trying to get you to let down your guard by surrounding you with such great evil. God is in charge. God has told us what he's going to do. God will do it. Let's put our faith in Him. He's in charge. And he, even if in a short period of time there is that thermonuclear war, war that wipes out 90% of the Earth's population, just remember God is in charge. God has prepared a place for us. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do this. Chapter 4, verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Do we believe that Jesus died and rose again? I do. I believe you do. If we believe that, then rest assured that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. If the thermonuclear war wipes us out, on that second coming, what's going to happen? For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, where's his authority? By the word of the Lord, that's pretty good authority to me. I'll take it. What about you? That we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. on that great and glorious day when our Savior returns for us. It doesn't matter if we're dead or alive. We're going to be there. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. God is building a place for us. He is coming for us. And I don't care what those who would confuse us say. Let's not let down our guard. Let's keep our focus. Because, as Paul, as Kyle says every Wednesday, God wins. And if we have been faithful, we win. Wow. If there's anybody here who has any needs from the congregation, won't you come forward as we stand and sing?